This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. You know, there are a lot of great actors throughout the history of stage, throughout the history of television, throughout the history of cinema. But there are not necessarily a lot of great actors that can make you believe that they are the very role that they're playing. There's even fewer great actors who can do it in roles as diverse as a boxer, a mayor, a police officer, a gangster. But when it comes to Tony Lobianco, when I'm watching him, I'm not watching Tony Lobianco play a character as I am with so many other actors. I am watching Fiorello LaGuardia or any other character that Tony has played over the years. He's one of my favorites, longtime actor, stage, cinema, television, you name it. And he's even, uh, as great as he is as an actor, he's even greater of an American patriot. And I'm thrilled that he's agreed to get up early with us this morning. Tony, it is great to talk with you again. How have you been? I'm just great. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say those wonderful things. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Thank you. It's uh, certainly true. Uh, Tony, I I guess the role that so many people know you from is uh, is the French connection. I mean, there's a lot of great roles that people know you from. But I'm wondering if you can explain what a career changer that was for you, uh, how that role uh, changed your life and your career from that point on. Well, that's yeah, that that did it. All right. I'll tell you. it's fascinating. Um, the first movie I did was the Honeymoon Killers, and and that was a uh, you know the way I got that role uh, is relevant to the French Connection because uh, I got that role. It was a tr- it's a true story, the uh, the movie, and uh, when I was uh, I had a theater in uh, in New York called the Triangle Theater. And I, I, I had an actress, a friend, and, and she said, uh, listen, there's a movie being done. You should go up for it. I think you're, you're right for it and right for it. So when I called, the woman said, well, well, no, how, how old are you? I said, I, I don't know, 30. And she said, no, 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 the character's 46, and he's, he has to have a Spanish accent and so on and so forth. And so, well, and he said, you know, anyway, you're wrong for it. So uh, as time went on, uh, the, the the actress friend of mine said, "You know, you should really go up. It's a uh, you're really good, for, right for that role. You, I, I know, I know you can play those things. Anything, anything you want." So I went up, and the woman said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "Well, I said, what do you want?" She said, "I told you, I need a." I said, "Just a minute." I turned into my chair, put my hand on my hair, pulled it back, spoke to her in a Spanish accent, and she said, "Oh my God, oh my God, oh." I'll send you right in to the producers. So I went in, spoke to them only with the accent, got the part, and continued to speak to them with the accent. And then she, they asked me to read, you know, for the, the other actresses, the, the the lead actress I did. And then at one point, the producer said, you know, he, he, we, maybe we can send him to school to, to learn how to speak English a little better. So... Uh, the, the, the casting woman said, listen, I got to tell you, he doesn't have an accent. And she said, Tony, speak to us without the accent. I said, no, sir, not until I signed the contract. <laughs> and so I never did speak to them without the accent until I signed the contract. Now, as a result of that, uh, when Phil D'Antoni, uh, the producer of French Connection, and William Friedkin, the director, 
was one of their favorite films. And they were they watched the film, and one of them said, let's get him. Let's get him to play Sal Boca. And the other one said, no, what, you got an accent? He's got a Spanish accent. And the casting person said, no, no, he's a New York actor. He doesn't have an accent. He's just putting it on. And that's how I got that part. <laughs> so it's a very strange thing. And, and, and doing the French Connection was – and I made friends with the, the great Sonny Grasso, mm. who was one of the original cops. That's the role that my good friend Roy Scheider played. And, uh, and uh, he was, he, Sonny and I became the best of friends. And, and that movie was shot because of the relationships between – uh, the the actors and the and the feeling with with the the producer and the and and Sonny and and William Freakin and the fact that they were daredevils in shooting that movie they didn't have permits and they had and they had they were and they were just shooting because they had the police with them of course and uh, they were shooting here and there and so on and so forth and Billy Freakin was uh, had he had the you know blood uh, steel in in his veins so. Uh, and, and as a young man, he's 30, I think it was in his early, early 30s, 32, 33, in shooting that movie. And we had no money either. It was a difficult, it was a difficult mo- movie to get on. I think we had about a million and a half bucks to shoot that movie. And uh, and the idea of, of uh, 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 each day was an adventure. And uh, and everything, everything was fa- fabulous because they didn't want Gene Hackman. Okay, because Gene Hackman was sort of a Midwestern kind of thing, and then you know he, Gene Hackman is a great, brilliant actor, as everybody knows, and uh, they didn't, they didn't want him. Uh, but finally, uh, because he he uh, he couldn't he couldn't do the uh, or, or, or the uh, New York stuff, I, you know, he throwing people against the wall. This is 1970, and uh, and uh, getting getting answers and being a little rougher uh been getting the, the 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 truth out from from the criminals and uh, uh pe- people were were coddled back then and uh, so he finally worked into it and they took him around and showed him the work took him up to Harlem and took him to different places where where all the action was and the idea i mean i i i hung out with the police i rode with them i i listen my first my first day riding with the cops, I was I was the fourth man in the car, and we got a call that, that a, somebody was shot dead on the top floor up in Harlem. And when we went up Sunny Grasso and myself were, were going up the stairs, there was a guy standing on the sitting on the on the steps with a needle in his arm, and the bubble in his arm was just about to burst. He yeah, was drug situation sonny just came by just pulled the needle out saved the guy's life we went up the stairs went up to the top floor the top of the building was blown off uh, uh and and the uh we went in the back and there was a cop uh guarding a dead body and uh, it turns out that the cop's brother was just shot dead a week ago and and, and when we left that place we went to another place there was because there was a call in, the, in an alleyway of a woman being shot to death. And while we were looking at that scene, somebody jumped off the roof and committed suicide. Oh, my goodness. People don't even know what what goes on in a day in a policeman's life. And shooting that, shooting, shooting, and those, that was just the first day. And I went out with I was on rapes. I was on the kidnapping, kid, kid, 
kidnapping, uh, you can name it. I, I, I hung out with the police a great deal and went on. I Listen, one time I got a call. A guy said, you got to come up here. One of the cops said, I said, what? He said, I've got a guy who stole a stolen car in front of a police station. The guy stole a stolen car in front of a, a police station. <laughs> So I went up there, and uh, they, they questioned him and questioned him. And I said, listen, let me question him. So I went in, I questioned the guy, and I got a murder convic- uh, a confession out of him. He said, he said, he said, he said, uh, uh, he, he, somebody stole a tire off his car. He went, he went home, got himself a gun, and shot the guy. And he also told me his mother was a, 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 a police officer, a lieutenant. In the Macy's for Macy's, I mean, I mean, it's that kind of that kind of hell does not live in Gene Hackman's life. You understand? So that kind of grit, that kind of stuff that that he had to get into and learn and understand the understand that 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 culture, which he did obviously brilliantly. Oh, because uh, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the greatest of all time, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you you really surprised me. And I've seen the film a bunch of times. And uh, with people, if people are are tuning in, we're talking with Tony LoBianco. We're going to tell you how you can see Tony in person in a couple of weeks in our area. And it's uh, something you're going to want to pay attention to, particularly if you're a fan of the French Connection. But you really surprised me because when we talk about the French Connection, other than the great acting in that film, yourself, Gene Hackman, Roy Scheider, one of the first things that people think of is that that incredible car chase scene. So when you t- I don't I, I think when people think of the French Connection and that car chase scene, we don't necessarily think of a film that was shot uh, as a low budget film or a film that was shot with no permits. Uh, you really blew me away on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a raw. A raw situation. Billy was a daredevil, and so was uh, Bill Hickman, the stunt driver. And uh, and and the fact that Bill Hickman uh, and Phil Phil D'Antoni, the producer of both Bullet, the uh, uh, French Connection, and Seven Ups, those three movies. And of course, I, I'm grateful to be, have been in both both Seven Ups and French Connection. But the, the Bullet was a uh, uh, Steve McQueen. They had the same stuntman, Bill Hickman. And those three car chases were, were all by the same producer and the same stuntman. And uh, yeah, so it's just it's a different time and different people uh, than, than we have now. Mm. Uh, it's a different it's a different world we're living in living in now, as you as you can everybody knows. Uh, we are we were uh, uh, I don't know we were rough. We were rough. We were we were daring and. And uh, we did we did good movies in the seventies, and uh, and uh, so things have things have changed now. You know the the thing in Staten the Staten Island Staten Island on, on May first. I know you want to talk about sure. that, and so do I. Uh, we're having uh, May first at the, the St. George Theater, which is at thirty five Hyatt Street, Staten Island. Uh, they're showing the special viewing of the French Connection for its fiftieth year. Celebration, fifty years celebration, and I'm. They've invited me to do a Q and A, and to greet and meet uh, people, and uh, and so uh, that that's about the. I think the doors open about five o'clock, and uh, 
you get a ticket right at the door. It's like a movie. Yeah. Movie it, price uh, so let me again tell folks, this is uh, May 1st. Doors open at 5 p.m. This is at uh, the St. George Theater, one of the most beautiful theaters you've ever been to. I, I've uh, mm. seen a number of performances there and a number of screenings there. It never ceases to impress me. And it's uh, $20 if you if you want to, if you're not a member of the St. George Theater, $15 if you are. If people want to buy tickets in advance, they can go to St. George Theater. Theater.com. That's stgeorgetheater.com. It's a screening of the film for the 50th anniversary. I think it holds up just as well today as it did 50 years ago. And it includes not only a Q&A with uh, Tony Lobianco, but a meet and greet after the movie with Tony Lobianco. It uh, should be a lot of fun. A- as you alluded to, it is based on a, a true story, The French Connection. Not only uh, not only the, the story of Sonny Grasso, but his uh, his partner Eddie Egan. You know, it's funny. We were we were taking calls recently on the air about um, different unsolved mysteries throughout history, and more than one listener mentioned the case, the true case behind the French Connection. I'm curious, it, it being so associated with this film for the past half century, have you developed any theories as to what happened in that real life case, that real life French Connection case? You mean about the missing drug? Yes. Yeah, I know. I I really have no no evidence, no uh, uh, concrete knowledge of uh, what's happened. Uh, and and I've been close to a lot of people in that movie, and I have no idea uh, because of the drugs. It's fascinating. I, I, the drugs have been get uh, taken in and out of the property clerk's office, uh, and when they when they're people people are are. Uh, sh- uh, Showing it, they come in to tell a story. They take the the drugs out and they, they display them and so on. And they bring them back. And they sign in and sign out. And maybe sometime, one time, uh, somebody uh, substituted some other powder for the drugs, and they were missing. And just regular powder was in there. And so nobody knows quite who did it. You know what went on. You know. Yeah. No. It's uh, something that can. T- I don't know that it'll, we'll ever get to the bottom of. Now, uh, you've yeah. played. Uh, you've played mobsters, cops, boxers. M- one of my favorite roles that I've seen you perform in, and I think I've seen you in at least two different versions of this performance, is that of former New York City Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia. You played him in His yeah. Honor. You've played him in Fiorello. Uh, you've played him in The Little Flower. It's it seems like uh, you have sort of a, a special relationship with the character of LaGuardia, more so than in almost any character I've ever seen you play, and I've paid attention to your work for a long time. What do you think it is about LaGuardia that causes you to, uh, I don't know, resonate with him so closely? Well, I'm, I'm always in- interested in history and the truth, and and in, in in terms of of accomplishment of uh, people that are that are to be admired for for things that he that were, were done, keep in mind when he when he uh, when they built the LaGuardia Airport, it was built it was started in in uh, 1937 and finished in 1939. Two years. Can you imagine? <laughs> Imagine Billy we can't do a ribbon cutting for uh, something in the, these days in two years. Yeah, and and you know he 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 came in and did so much. He was mayor for twelve years. He 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 accomplished 
everything. He and his uh, uh, builder, Robert Moses, they accomplished everything. Built the tunnels. They built the. They 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 did everything. In fact, in fact, let me see. I mean, I'm going to ask my wife to get me the book. I just I want to see if I can uh, uh, read some of the accomplishments. Uh, honey, this is unusual. Hey, honey, honey. Unusual radio. <laughs> hey, well, we'll take it. Uh, that's what you never know what to expect on the other side of midnight. I love it. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, the, the accomplishments for the businessman did. He cleaned up, you know, the the crime that was going on. He had a lot of calones. You know what I mean? Mm. He was he was uh, uh, brave and 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 just uh, took on everything. Took on the gangsters. Took on. Oh, Tammany, Tammany Hall uh, and uh, just I mean, political so corruption much, in general. So much so much crime going on, you know, back in those days. He was mayor from 1934 to 1947, I believe. I mean, it's been a long time since I've done the show. Uh, but uh, uh, so 12 years, whatever that is. And, and the, the accomplishments that he did... As I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking them up right now, if I can get to the page. But anyway, he, he, uh, um, he whatever, let me see, oh, yeah. let me see, let me see. Uh, he, did, he did the PAL, the Police Athletic League. He, 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 he created that with his commissioner. Uh, he, I mean, you can't imagine the things that this man did mm. uh, uh, for, the, for the city. And it just goes on. It just it just goes on and on about. Uh, uh, I mean that that's what it expi- inspires me about about him, and and uh, well, I can't find it at this moment. Let me see. That's okay. We'll, we'll we'll take your word for it that he was pretty accomplished. And I, I guess that's uh, uh, that's uh, Laguardia's ghost way of telling you it's time to do another a fourth version of uh, a Laguardia stage play starring Tony Lobianco. Uh, you know, it's yeah. it, it's funny. Me, a lo- go ahead. Let me get. I got it. Let me give you these quick things that he accomplished. Just because he's, he's one of the great men. He said he says thanks to Moses, we've given you fourteen public housing developments. 15 outdoor swimming pools, 25 new hospitals, 95 new schools, 340 playgrounds, 360 tennis courts, redoing all of Central Park and putting in a brand new zoo, the Belt Parkway and the Marine Parkway in Brooklyn, the Bronx Whitestone Bridge, the Triborough Bridge, the Reef Park Bridge in Queens, the Queens Midtown Tunnel, the Lincoln Tunnel, the Holland Tunnel, and let's not forget the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, the East River Drive, the West Side Highway, the Henry Hudson Parkway, the Grand Central Parkway, and when all our work is finished, Driving your own car in New York City will be a pleasure. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I had I had been wondering what the uh, Hewell Carey Tunnel was called originally. Now we know it was called the Brooklyn Battery <laughs> Tunnel. A, a lot of right. folks uh, may have seen you, Tony, as uh, Rocky Marciano. You did a, a great job a, as Marciano. Mm. What may surprise some people is that you actually have uh, you you have some history as a boxer yourself, as a Golden Gloves boxer. Did it make it easier? for you to play the role of a boxer given that you knew how to box or could you have done that just as easily if you'd never strapped on a pair of gloves no i think i i think the the experience of having having boxed as a uh, as a young man you know 16 17 years old in the golden clubs and so on and and clubs and club fighting helped me tremendously however 
the most important thing is, I don't know if you're left-handed or right-handed, but I'm right. I am left-handed, oh. and I choose to make all my characters left-handed or right-handed. And to give you it so Rocky, I'm playing Rocky Marciano, the heavyweight champ of the world, the undefeated heavyweight champ of the world, right-handed. And I'm, I usually box left-handed. So now think about that. And, and so switching your whole, your whole system over to the other side uh, and, be, and, and playing that, that guy is a feat. And I did my own boxing. I trained with Jose Torres, the light heavyweight champ of the world. I, I boxed for, when I did all my boxing, I did 15 hours straight boxing and choreographed the fights in between rounds with, with the, with the opponent all in one night. That, that, and also, you see, and I, I do that kind of thing as the same thing I did on Yanks three, Detroit, nothing top of the seventh. When I was playing a Yankee professional baseball player, I you know, usually throw left, a uh, left-handed. And and but but the but as, as uh, the director said to me, you got your back to the audience. And then I said, well, I'll go to the other side of the stage. And he said, but that's the weaker side of the stage. I said, okay, so I'll pitch right-handed. So See, I pitched professionally as a right-handed a, a pitcher for the New York Yankees. And Steve Garvey, the great first baseman for the for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who was a friend who came to the show, he said, I never saw an actor portray a baseball player as as a, a truthful as you have. Wow. I, when I'm doing it with the wrong hand, he almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That's the kind of thing as those of us that just go to see shows and movies don't ever think of. Before I let you go, and again, I want to remind yeah. people they can see Tony Lobianco along with uh, the French Connection at the St. George Theater May 1st. It's at 6 p.m. Doors open at 5 p.m. Get tickets at stgeorgetheater.com. You have been very vocal in standing up for America's veterans for a long time. Uh, you have mm-hmm. uh, done a recitation of a beautiful uh, reading and a beautiful poem called Just a Common Soldier, which in just a few lines sums up the heroism that uh, soldiers face uh, that, and deal with and exemplify on a regular basis. But uh, lately, you have become an outspoken advocate of preventing and stopping veteran suicide, along with a group that's uh, very near and dear to my heart, the Gold Shield. I'm wondering, what prompted your uh, fondness and all the time and effort, and I'm sure money, that you spend on behalf of veterans' causes in general? And uh, how has it been going, this mission to eliminate veteran suicide? Well, why, how, common sense, common sense and good upbringing Make you th- understand what we who we owe for what they what, for what they have done and what they do for us, and you've got to give back and 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 take care of those people that are doing that, including the police department, including our veterans, and that's just that's just decency and 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 common sense, and that in fact of all the movies I've done, I've done a hundred and two movies, and. The most important thing is what you just mentioned, just a common soldier. I beg each and every person that's listening to watch that five-minute video. It has received 35 million views and two Emmys, and it's only five minutes. 
but it is it is the most one of the most touching things of all the performances and whatever I, and I I'm so proud of that because it's for the cause and the gold shield is it's very important a very important uh, uh, way of, of 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 helping people helping helping these veterans uh, uh, get money to them and help them just just twenty twenty two veterans a day die take their own lives that's impossible that's got to be paid attention to that's the most important people in our in our country are killing themselves amen if people want to see that video if they haven't seen tony lobianco do just a common soldier i'm going to link to it on my facebook page right now people can go to my facebook page and see it at uh, facebook.com slash morano fan and if you want to learn more about the gold shield it's a great way to uh, eliminate or or stop or reduce veteran suicide and it's a great way for businesses both large and small to help and it's a great way for individuals to help by patronizing businesses that help uh that have that gold shield emblem you can learn more about it by going to the gold shield uh dot us or the simple truth dot us that's the simple truth dot us tony uh whenever we're together it just seems like the time flies by i hope we can do this again soon i appreciate you taking the time at such an odd hour absolutely my friend absolutely Um, i got a movie gonna uh, gonna happen soon we'll talk about that some more with ray romano uh that's that's coming up uh and we'll 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 uh We'll talk about that. I it just been accepted in the Tri- Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, terrific! And, uh, so, yeah, so we're going to see we're gonna, when when that comes uh, out. We'll uh, we'll talk more. I'll look forward to that. It's Tony LoBianco. See him on May first. We're going to take your calls next as part of Fifteen Seconds of Fame. Be heard on any topic for fifteen seconds. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. That's eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. 